Hello everybody and welcome to the first ever episode of the Shrouded Hand podcast. Today's guest is Josh. If you saw my viewer submissions video you might remember I briefly covered this story but I felt like it needed a more detailed interview to get the full story. To give you the TLDR version, Josh and his family had some very strange experiences, mostly revolving around an apartment they lived in in North Carolina. Before this apartment block was built, there was a house there where the Hurt family lived. In the 90s, this house burnt down, killing the entire family, except for one son who wasn't home at the time. This has some relation to Josh's story and... I just wanted to give that little bit of backstory just in case people hadn't seen the first video, just to get them up to speed. So without further ado, this is Josh's story in his own words. Okay, so we should probably just start at the beginning then. Yeah. Of like, when did you first move into the property or when did, like, when did it first start? Well, the first, the first bit was started within the first, we moved in. Uh, January of 2005 mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything about this, uh, any of the backstory or nothing like that. I'd only been in North Carolina myself about seven or eight months prior yeah. to that. The reason I moved to North Carolina because, uh, I was a teenager and I had been bad off on drugs at the point. Like I, when my senior year in high school, where I should have been in school, I had already dropped out and I had committed myself to a drug rehab place down in Augusta. Like mm-hmm. I was in a real, real bad right. way. And I had got myself clean and to get away and get a fresh start from all down there. I just had an opportunity and I moved up to Brevard first time. I've never seen it before, never heard of it before. Just went up there and about a month after being up there, that's when I had met my ex. Right. And we had started dating and stuff and a couple weeks after I found out she was pregnant. And so uh, we were staying with different friends, couch surfing and everything. And then right before she gave birth, uh, about a month beforehand, we had got, uh, there was an opening in a place called Hollycrest, which is government housing or whatever. It wasn't like really bad or not like that. The opening popped up, so we had somewhere stable. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of weeks, we got in there, like... We would hear random little scratching and stuff. We'd hear like a woman whispering in another room. But more or less, we would see just like very faint little orbs in like the living room and the kitchen and everything else. Like very, very faint. But you could see it in the light. It wasn't necessarily in the dark. Yeah. But we would just see random things like that. And every time we would take pictures of kids, any kids, whether it was our kids, our nieces and nephews and everything else, it would never show up in adult uh, adult pictures, mm-hmm. only kids. We would see all kinds of orbs, all kinds, yeah. like flesh-colored, black, blue, green. One of them uh, was like a weird flesh-colored hexagon orb that uh, my niece had took uh, two pictures within like five seconds of each other. This is like an old uh, disposable camera. She just got my trigger finger. And in these two pictures... You see the orb flying from the little uh, baby carrier toward the mom, and then not even, like I said, 95 seconds later, the orb's gone. But it's a perfect hexagon, like a peach colored with like a fuzzy trail, kind of like a comet, just leaving from there and going up to her mom. And like, there's no dust or anything else 
in the picture. There's no lights or nothing. It's just three people sitting on a futon and the baby in between her legs. But as time progressed, like when the, my kids started reaching uh, close to the age of the other twins from uh, that family, like what sort of age was that? Well, it's around five or six. I'll right. Top off my head, yeah. Mm-hmm. But all of my kids got and everything else. Every single time I would ever ever take a picture or shoot a video or something, like I would shoot videos before when they were younger. They would glitch out or blank yeah. out and everything. Pictures would just have streaks or mm-hmm. whatever. There would be random faces that would appear on the wall. Like there was one picture in particular that was kind of kind of spooky. Or whatever. My daughter, she was almost three at the time, and she had a pink wig on. And behind her is the entertainment center where I had a a PS2 on my TV and everything else. And behind the PS2, above like the left hand shoulder of my daughter in the picture against the wall, it's like a perfect skull outline with like a suit you see Uh up here on the wall. Yeah, I remember you telling me about a picture of a skull in the background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I didn't even notice it initially because I didn't ever, I got the uh, pictures developed and everything later on and was able to see it, but that was about like two or three weeks later and everything. This is all, again, all the majority of this has happened before 2010. Now, older, like, again, as things progress later on, more activity would happen where, like, a bright, bright light, I mean, like, flashlight bright, would appear mostly in the living room and dance around the clock that was near the ceiling. And it wouldn't matter whether it's nighttime, daytime, people there, no one there, or whatever. It would appear, danced around, doing figure eights and wiggling around within, like, a six, seven-foot block and just disappear. And at night, I would sleep against the wall and I would be woken up with like, because we would usually keep it dark and everything else. I would wake up with either a baby blue or like a safety cone orange light that was probably about a little bit bigger than the size of a softball would appear right against the wall where it was so bright. I could put my hand near to it and the light would reflect back to my hand. It would appear traced from my head all the way down to my feet going slow. And it would just fade off in nothing. And was it and was it I, like flat against the wall, or was it like yeah, a, yeah? Right. It was just it was just like somebody was to take a flashlight about six inches away from the wall and cut it on. Wow, and it yeah. couldn't be a reflection of of something. No, there's, else, there's yeah. no there's right. no other light or anything. Right. But the very first time, I, it flipped me out. Like I immediately cut the damn light on. I woke my wife up, and I'm like, "Hey, there's some type of light going on here." So. I went cut on everything there was cut on, trying to get it against the wall. Was it like, you know, a cell phone or something? And I, after about 15, 20 minutes, I was just, I, I was out of explanations or anything trying to debunk it. Right. But this occurred every day, all day, for about six, seven months, mostly in the bedroom. Now, over the course of time, we stayed at these apartments, uh, stayed at the apartment and everything. We ha- would have different friends and everything that had different circumstances that needed to stay at our place for whether it's a couple of weeks, a month or whatever, we just like had to pull out and live room. It's like, yeah, you can stay. We don't mind. 
You know, we we want to instill into our kids that if someone ever needs help, you help them out. Do one to others, have them do one to you. And so we were just giving the warning, like, hey, you can stay and all that. We don't have no problem, but we just want to let you know this place is haunted. Like, hey, well, what do you mean? I'm like, no, 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 no. This place is haunted. Like, you, you'll, you're going to find out on your own. You don't believe me, it'll happen to you. Well, within three days of whatever, they'll come up to me bug-eyed and everything. Like, Josh, I was, <laughs> I was trying to sleep and something yanked my hair. I, I don't know what was going on. But, yeah, and it's like I saw that light you were talking about. I'm like, I told you. Yeah, I heard tapping in the kitchen and stuff. Well, one day, about, I want to say it was August of 2008, I was in the living room, coincidentally, watching Ghost Adventures. And my uh, wife was in the bedroom, and she was doing something. I think she was watching True Blood or something like that. I can't exactly remember. But I'm the only one in the living room. My kids, they're asleep and everything else. It's about 9.30 at night. I have a little glass ashtray sitting in front of me, and I'm sitting Indian style on the floor. And I'm trying to smoke a cigarette. I put my cigarette in this letting ash, and I look down, and it's constantly wiggling. It flips out at me. And I was like, wait a minute, is there a bug in there or something like that? I get up, I empty the ashtray. There's nothing there. There's nothing, no spider, anything like that. I put my cigarette down in it, and the TV's just background noise at this point. As soon as I put it in there, within a couple seconds, it starts flicking, wiggling back and forth. It flies out after again. I'm like, uh, Tara, that's my ex-wife. Name. I say, Tara, y'all come in here for a minute. You got to see this. I put that cigarette back down in the ashtray. Uh-huh. A couple seconds later, it starts wiggling, and it flies into the ashtray. I do it again. I put just over and over and over. And during the last time, it flicked up on my leg, and I'm like, hold up. We're, we're not, you're not trying to burn me now. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, like, within a couple of weeks, like, I could sit something down. Like, mostly it was, like, ashtrays or lighters or something like that. I would sit it on the TV stand living room, and we could be in another room or whatever, and we could just sit and watch it start to slide across and fly off onto the floor. Nothing mm-hmm. around, nobody around, and all that. Was it was it like any other things on the table at the same time? Well, different. There would be most. There would be all kinds of stuff. We had yeah. like different statues and stuff like that, but it would only focus for on tobacco stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Only for tobacco, and that's why, like hearing once I see certain things, I wanted to know more about the story, but I didn't have enough detail because. For some reason, my sister-in-law, she, me and her brother had a lot. I, all the info I had to get was like secondhand through my wife whenever she was able to bring it up in conversation and being around. So I was piecing all this together for the majority of the whole story. When I found out about the uh, father had died while smoking and everything else, and they had twins and everything. Yeah, this and, was the, uh, uh, the, the yeah. building that was was it on the same site as the apartment where mm-hmm. you lived or just behind it? Yeah. Or? Well, yeah. see, this is built on a hill behind a factory. At the bottom of the hill at the entrance is the playground where the, uh, it used to be a blue two-story house where the family would stay at. And when the, yeah. these apartments were first built, the apartment that we had happened to be the grandparents of the little boy that happened to survive. And, uh, I mean, this part might sound like it's part of a movie or something like that or a TV show. I'm, I'm telling you 100% everything I tell you 
is 100% true. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, my old friend from high school, I brought him up to North Carolina and everything a couple years before, and he was doing landscaping work and stuff. And one day he calls me and he's like, hey, I got this guy. Uh, he's pretty cool. Everything, I'm bringing him over to your house and everything else. You don't mind, do you? I'm like, uh, no, I don't care. That's cool. I'm bringing a six pack and everything. We'll, we'll watch TV and everything. It's fine. Well, the kid, the guy comes over. He's like 22 at the time and stuff. He comes in. And he is so completely on edge. I mean, like, hostile on edge. Like, he's, like, anybody looking at him, not even mean, just happen to glance in his direction. He's ready to jump and fight and everything. And my buddy goes and takes him outside and stuff. And I go outside to go see what was going on. And he's like, what, you want to go? You want to go? I'm like, dude, I don't even know you and stuff. And they just they just started taking off walking. And he's huffing and puffing. And he comes back. Uh, my buddy Brandon comes back about 20 minutes later and said the guy got a ride and everything, but he's saying during the walk that he really wanted to apologize to me because he didn't mean at all to be hostile or anything. He just, he didn't know that. He thought I knew about the whole story because that he was the little boy. He was the only survivor right, yeah. of all that going on. Yeah. And like, I had no idea about it and everything else. Needless to say, he never came back or talked to me again. But it wasn't nothing I did. I was being completely hospitable and everything. It's just, I, if I was in his shoes, I'd be. It's completely understandable. I, I totally get it. And had you had you mentioned to him about the haunting or anything while he was there? Well, the, while he was there, he he just he kept looking around and looking behind him and everything mm-hmm. else, and he was just constantly fidgeting. I know he wasn't on drugs. I know he wasn't drunk. He was completely sober because they just got literally off the job. They just ha- happened to come by, see what I was, you know, see me and the kids and everything else. And he just was on complete edge. I yeah. guess he felt somebody was watching him or whatever else, which the, uh, I can, I get what he's saying because around two th- the, around Christmas, 2008, you know, in 2009, that's when the figures started showing up. And it wasn't no particular family member. It was, what well, I believe the shadow person that stayed on this hill right beside the apartment where all the apartments, there's five of them lined up all along the base. And I'm, my apartment's at the bottom. But every single person in the apartments along the base all had the same experience with the shadow guy. Right, but okay. we especially had it. Because of the family already being there. It's like the shadow thing drew energy off the family, which the family was there seeing my twins, just thinking yeah. it's like them. And there was constantly stuff going on. But around Christmas, well, 2008, 2009, there, there's usually a shadow, a shadow figure about my height. I'm six foot. That would appear kind of peeking in in windows and stuff, peeking in through doors. And whenever I would leave to go to work, which I was working third shift at the grocery store at the time, this figure liked to look like me, how I used to look when I worked at a seafood restaurant with a white shirt, blue jeans, and a black hat, like a black fisherman hat. And it would walk by doorways and everything else, which my wife would think, Oh, Josh is home. Hey, Josh, what are you doing? And just watch. She'd get up, and this hallway 
it was only about maybe three feet wide at like just being generous. It comes straight from the living room, makes an L shape, and goes directly to a bathroom. And five time you wouldn't hear any footsteps, you just see a solid figure look just like me walk to the bathroom. And it looked like I, a previous version of you, like yeah, from a previous yeah, job. I mean, kind of like it. It was kind of like it was trying to mimic me, but it couldn't quite get it right. I mean, right. when I worked at this uh, this seafood restaurant, I would wear white shirts and blue jeans all the time. That was what I was required. While I was working at this grocery store to begin with, we had a white uh, shirt we'd have to wear, but I'd have to wear tan pants. Then they switched to black, but I never had a hat like that at the time. It would just appear solid, solid as anything else, but it wouldn't make any sound. And it would move quick, way quicker than I can move. Like, well, you would see it for maybe one, two seconds, and it was gone. Okay, and okay. you would you could sit in the living room with the kitchen light on, watching TV or talking to friends and stuff, and you could see shadows of a man and woman, like looking like they were talking. You could see the shadows against the wall and on the floor, knowing there's nobody in the kitchen. There's no sound being made, and except for like randomly a cupboard or something like they're looking for something, but you could see them animated and talking to each other. But by the time you go into the kitchen, it is completely ice cold. There's nothing in there. Uh-huh. Did you ever was, hear it, or was it just like a shadow that you could see? Or? You would see two, like I said, you would see two shadows, but uh-huh. whenever but you they were like, look, you could hear cabinets opening and shutting, not uh-huh. like, like, or something like that. It's like they were talking, trying mm-hmm. to find something in the cabinet, like, hey, will you look over here? Look yeah, over there? Yeah. Every once in a while, yeah. Uh-huh. And, yeah, you couldn't ever hear what they were saying, but you could see them talking. And this wasn't like a one-off thing. You would at least see this about three, four, sometimes five days a week. And again, as time more progressed, things kept getting more and more pronounced or whatever. Uh, one day, uh, I think it was like spring of 2009, same friend Brandon had came by. I'd already been sitting at a house all day and I was watching something on YouTube or whatever, but I had a big executive desk chair in my bedroom at the time. I was leaning back and my friend Brandon was staying in the doorway and there's a good five foot gap in between us and he was texting on a little flip phone. And I'm leaning back and everything, watching TV, and it feels like a cold, wet finger flicks me on the back of the neck. I am throwing a white back of my neck. I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> I go back at him. He's staring at his phone. His hands are together. And he's looking at me like, huh, what are you talking about? Like, did you just n- not flip the back of my neck? Like, what? What? No, man. Why would I do that? I'm like, it feels just like you licked your finger and swiped the back of my neck. He said, no, I didn't do Dude, I, you see, I'm texting you here. I'm like, I started getting cold chills and everything else. And, uh, yeah, just like, wait a minute, because that didn't feel like a little, like, wind blowing away. That felt like flesh. Like, okay, then. There's nothing like that had happened up until that point. But then knocking and scratching was almost a daily occurrence at this point. Water would come on, lights would come on, things like that. Taps, did you say? Like, taps would Yeah, just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like regular, not in threes, just. Oh, I meant like, uh, I thought you said like water would come on, like t- uh, water. Yeah, taps, yeah, yeah. Like water would come on. 
Like in either in the bathroom, the shower. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah it will come. Sorry, on, I should have said faucets, but in England, it's okay. It's, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this what happened again more progressively as the kids got older. Nothing would ever happen to the kids. Like then, scratches start appearing on us, just like random one scratches, whatever. And at first, we don't. It wasn't like anything again in pairs of threes, at least not yet. It would just be like one scratch on our back or on a leg or something like that. And we wake up with this and we're just thinking to ourselves, okay, we must uh, just scratch ourselves and so it's itchy or something. Didn't ever put two and two together. But uh, then like doors that would have, we, we'd be in a room, a door would randomly slam shut, we can't open it. And we're stuck in the room. And it's just like we go, like someone's, it feels like someone's standing on the other side of the doorknob and holding it where you can't move it for about five, 10 seconds. And it was like, oh, and you can, everything's fine again. And it was like it's playing mind games. But honestly, I think this was the shadow being that was in the uh, one picture behind Bobo. Now, Bobo was my cousin in law and, uh, my wife's actual blood cousin. And two years after the one picture was taken with the shadow thing, he had died of an overdose uh, shooting up fentanyl patches in a, a closet uh-huh. at a friend's house, which at the time he was already dabbling with a lot of drugs and not letting anybody know. Everybody was completely in the dark with all of this. But from what I've been gathering and doing research and everything over years, like any negative en- energy or entity can pick up off of a negative vibe or yeah, energy yeah. or something. Any self-destruction yeah, from somebody and feed that, off yeah. of that. So, um, how yeah. long? How long into the um, like? How long had you been living there before the um, photo with Bobo? Okay, was taken? we had been there. This was August of two thousand nine, and we were complete. We were gone. I want to say to Hendersonville that day, he was uh, just had came by before we had left. Hendersonville is about 40 miles uh, west of where we're standing. He happened to just stay there that day, wanted to take a shower and everything, get ready for right. a date himself. And the phone he was using that time was a little slider Samsung phone. And he was just standing in, in front of the hallway sink, which he was a big guy. He was about 280, 290 pounds. Short, stocky guy, kind of looking like Butterbean or whatever. So behind him was not even six inches. He just wanted to take a quick picture of him after he shaved to put on his Facebook, just like, hey, ladies, look at me. But he takes the picture, and that shadow thing's right behind him. It wigs him completely out because he knows there's nothing else there. We've told him about the place being haunted, and he's seen a couple things, but he was so absolutely petrified of the concept, he never wanted to talk about it. He just figured, okay, if I don't talk about it, it's not real. But he takes the picture, and he comes up to me, and he's white, pasty white. He's like, dude, look at what, look at this, man. What is that? And I look at it, and I'm, I'm like, hold up. I take it on my computer. I run it through, like, a few photo programs, adjusting the brightness and black and white and everything else I could do. And it's there. And I send it to a few people across the United States for them to analyze it. And everything else, some people in Texas, California, Minnesota, Florida, just to see what their opinion was and everything else. I gave them a little bit of backstory, and they're just like, there's no, like, that was there. 
that's real. It's not a whatever artifact because all of the information from his little, you know, slider phone was in there. And it wasn't like this. He had a lot of the stuff to work with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, couldn't have been it. added in or anything like that. That's the end. Yeah, this, this is, again, he... That phone he had was like cutting edge to him. He had no reason to be like, oh, I'm trying to fake this or whatever else. He just took a picture and it wigged him out. Well, we started ragging him about the picture because at this time, Drag Me to Hell just came out. And we were picking at him like, oh, Bubba's got a Lamia. It's following you around. It's following you around. (laughs) He's like, y'all shut up. Just shut up. It ain't real. Two weeks after that picture, we were... uh, just sitting around, we drunk a couple beers and everything. And I mentioned to him, like, hey, did you know you can uh, capture the beam of a TV remote in your phone? He's like, wait, no, you can't. I'm like, yeah, see, it's the infrared light. I bet you we can stand in front of the mirror. I can hit the button, maybe blow some smoke into the path of it. We could probably take a picture of it in the hallway. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's try that. And like I said, I'm six foot. He's five foot eight. And when we're standing there, we he take we take about three or four pictures. But the one picture of interest is the one thing where it looks just like my head, but at an unnatural angle. We have no, there's no step store or nothing like that. And where he'd be at, I would have had to completely crank my neck. And you would have seen with it being enhanced and stuff, you would have seen some like my shoulder, my shirt, pants, something in the picture. You don't, it's just... My face with no eyes. Yeah. Like with Bobo, we both wear glasses, but when you brought it up, you can still see eyes. You know what I'm saying? It's not black holes, black sockets, like the picture of me was. I don't know. I really don't know why it wanted to choose to look like me for some reason. It just did. And I'm. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. Like that was his preferred look. Whenever it wanted to show itself to some people, whatever else. Well, anyway, fast forward a little bit. And like I said, we've gotten like scratches on ourselves. The lights started coming back. We would see big orbs, not like in pictures, but seen with our naked eyes. Again, not like it doesn't matter if we have friends over family, by ourselves, day, night, whatever. We'd see like, Orbs from the size of a golf ball up to a basketball. Just move around corners, go up to the ceiling, down to the floor, just dance around in different rooms we're in. And we'd hear whispering coming from corners and all this constantly. And at the same time, we're already like dealing with our own issues with work and stuff. And we had, me and my wife had been arguing like nonstop, like cussing and fighting and everything. And it was, Agging it on. Like, we were getting fights over the most ridiculous things where it was just feeding off our energy. And it, like, the more we were fighting, the more intense everything. And do you think and it again, was causing you to fight? The the energy mm-hmm. of the spirit was causing, like, a negativity? The, yeah. It was also feeding compl- them. To be completely honest, like I said, with how the family had their already... The family had already had their issues going on. And, like, it was kind of feeding into it, but that shadow thing would find little subtle stuff. Like we would, uh, like I would go to sleep, put my glasses down, wake up. My glasses are hidden somewhere in the room. Uh, what'd you do? What'd you do with my glasses? 
I didn't do anything right there. No, you took me, you hit him. You just want me to go blind. Flying off the handle for nothing. <laughs> and it just escalated from there. And sometimes it got physical. Not too bad to wear. Just shit hit me. I hear it back and everything else, what have you. But it, it, it would happen more and more and more to the point where we were spending more time away from each other than anything, which she was trying to go to church at the time for her own reasons and everything else. And she was learning about like thing, you know, it feeding off energy and stuff like that. And all this stuff. Well, at the time I was, I mean, I was spiritual, but not religious. And so I'm studying all this other stuff and I'm just like, yeah, I get it. We need to stay together as a family, but I can't even stand and look at you. Uh, this house is driving me crazy. I'm having issues to work, having issues with other family members. I'm just going absolutely crazy. Just everybody leave me alone. And I was kind of like withdrawing into myself. She was withdrawing herself, and the kids are realizing this, and they were picking up on it. And they were just like thinking we were mad at them and everything else. And we'd you know, try to break out of our own little bubble and just like, look, we we love y'all to death. There's nothing to do with y'all meat. Just me and your mama's fighting. It's all good. But again, as time progressed, things kept happening. Things kept escalating to where things would fly and break off and off the coffee table. We could sit a cup, drink down. It immediately knock over just random stuff. And was it still right. happening to like um, tobacco related things, or was it to escalate well, at this to point? Just... Yeah, escalating to anything at this point. Uh-huh. Like with the toys and stuff like that, we had just taken them out of the package. This is again around, you want to say either 2008, 2009. I can't remember off the top, right off the top of my head, but it's either 2008 or 2009. And the kids were playing with some other toys in their own room, and we were taking batteries. We just bought and was going to put them in toys and put them in their room. As soon as we took them out of the pack and set them down, they would light up and start going around and everything else. So we would just ask the question, they'd stop. Mm-hmm. And just like, okay, I know I'm not crazy. If you're real, move for yes, stay still for no. Are you a member of the family from the playground? And it'll start moving around and everything else. Did you die there? Keep moving around. Whatever. Are you a demon? Stop. Are there five of you? Start moving around again. Mark, moving around again. There, are you here for my kids? Move around. Do you like my wife? Stop. Do you like me? Stop. Do you like my kids? Move around, move around, move around, move around. And it was like the craziest thing I've seen because it was just direct, direct answers. And on the video, I take, I showed the, I pick up the toy. There's no batteries in it. The, the controller came with it. There's no batteries in it. I set everything down with the battery thing open and I'm asking and it's, the lights are moving and it's moving around making sounds and stuff and it's making sounds that the toy never never supposed to make it would sound like a little like dog growl or something right okay like, yeah. and the lights would flash real quick and just kind of like stop it like kind of like it was revving but it's like just like a Teletubby looking type toy it's not supposed to sound like a big real deal monster truck you know What, but, uh, what was it like? What kind of toys was it? Just any toy? With, with... Yeah, just a, any electronic toy. At yeah. first, it was just the cars, but mm-hmm. then we had like a little uh, keyboard type thing. Um, 
had got like a little my little pony doll or whatever for my uh, daughter. It would light up and do stuff for nobody in the room. And older toys that would light up, like little toy guns and everything else. Kids mm-hmm. could be at school or playing outside, and we'd sit in the room, and then the toys would be going off and everything on their own. The light would be off, and the door would be shut, and toys would be going off. And just going there, as soon as we go in there, everything would stop. We shut the door to come back on again. It was just like constantly just trying to make us feel like we're going crazy. But whenever we really wanted to make a show and get startled and stuff, like I said, we could have friends over, we have family over, and we're that's the least, the place being haunted, the least thing on our minds, just talking about, you know, everyday stuff. And then we're all sitting around, five people in the room, and we're all watching, like, a movies flying off the case and hearing tapping on the wall, hearing the toilet flush, and everybody looking at us like, are you not scared by this? And at this point, it's just like it was such a common occurrence. It became background noise. But we, again, it was taxing on us for our relationship and all mine because she would have things happen to her that I never had seen or known anything about. I had things happen to me. She never got experience and everything else. And it was getting to the point like we'd try to go to sleep and wake up and we could feel somebody lo- looking at us, like feel their breath. Like right on us or like touching our leg, touching our face or whatever. And we would wake up and try to wake the other one up and they're not waking up. And near the end of when we were staying there, we had ended up getting evicted and everything. We had 30 days to uh, leave. Well, my nephew had already known uh, that the place was pretty haunted because we ended up raising him for like the last three years we were staying there. And uh, he's, he's a big boy. He's like about 400 pounds at a time. Well, while once the thing knew we were leaving, things amped up tenfold. Like we would start hearing pounding on the walls. We would see things dart across the room. Like that shadow thing would dart across hallways. You would see, look, it would look kind of like eyes coming from closets and everything else. We kind of hear growling from the other room, doors slamming, not just shutting, but slamming. And especially during the last week, during the last week, we were there to, um, because we were in a bad way financially. The power had got cut off. We were staying there with no power, only a week left, and we we're trying to figure out how we're going to move everything going out. Well, I'm at work one day, and it's about 1030 at night. And my wife had calls me hysterical, like, Josh, you need to get here right now. You need to get here right now. I'm like, what's going on? While I was laying down with the kids in the room, we buy a couple candles. All of a sudden, I started hearing a growling, and the candles blew out, and the door slammed shut, and I can't get the door open. You got to come here. I'm like, hold on, I'll leave. And I then tell talking to my manager at the time, where he had just moved from. Uh, New Orleans from the Hurricane Katrina thing. And he was already kind of familiar, a little bit of paranormal. I told him all the stuff beforehand, what we had been experiencing. And he heard how hysterical she was on the phone. He said, you need to go. You go ahead and go. I got you. Go ahead and go. So I'm running the mile and a half down the road while I'm still on the phone talking with her. And while I'm talking to her, she starts screaming bloody murder and the phone goes dead. 
and I'm booking as quick as I can. I get to the house and open the bedroom door, and it's fine. She's babbling, crying her eyes out and stuff. It said this face appeared up out the wall. All I could see was her eyes and teeth. It just got right close to my face, and it would not let me out the room. The door was shaking and everything else. I could not get out the room. Oh, and this, this happened to your wife? Was yeah. You say? Yeah. But, yeah. And she told me this. She didn't want to be there at the time. We went to try to see if we could stay at the neighbor's apartment for the time being, but they wasn't there. So I'm like, okay, I'm off work. We're all going to lay down together. It's okay. We're going to do this as a family. So we go back into the room. I'm like, you need to leave my family alone, whatever you are. I'm not playing. We're not doing this. We're going to be out of here soon. So just let us be everything else. I leave the door open. Cut. I cut. Oh, light uh, candles up and everything. And we're all laying down. And about four feet off the floor at the edge of the bed was like a dark, heavy growl, like a wolf or whatever. And this is like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was loud, like a speaker for like a surround sound or whatever. You could walk completely around this sound. And like I said, it's only about four feet off the ground. But you cannot see anything where it's coming from. But you it was like, walk what was it, like a constant noise? It was just... Yeah, all uh-huh. night long. Uh-huh. It would sound just like a big Rottweiler. Wow. Just sitting there, just standing there at the foot of the bed. And you could feel like... You could feel somebody standing there just staring at you, wishing you were dead. But all you could hear all night long was this sound like a wolf growl or something. And we're all hugging each other, and we're just, you know, constantly trying to pray and everything else, like, let's make it through and stuff. Well, a few days later, on the very last day, we finally run a U-Haul. And my sister-in-law is watching my kids, and it's just me, my wife, and my nephew, Joel. We're moving everything out of the apartment and we go, I go into the bedroom and they're still loading stuff in the truck. And this is a bright, beautiful, sunny day. There's no curtains in the windows. The only thing that's in the bedroom is a mattress and a little metal folding chair. So I'll go in there. I'm like, yeah, you really, you really thought you were big and bad trying to like threaten my kids and everything. I just wanted to see, you know, show off what you can do. This is your last flipping day and everything that you're having to do with us. I'm trying to watch my language. But <laughs> right. if you really want to, if you really want to show what you can do, why don't you show what you can do? You effing cunt, whatever. Uh-huh. Anyway, I, I'm not in slightest joking. The room goes dark from the ceiling to the floor, like curtains getting pulled. I mean, beforehand, I mean, it's a white room, like it's bright bright as I'll get out when you walk in, but the room goes dark, like clouds just appeared out of the sky, but there's no clouds. I'm like, oh, what did I just do? I sit down, I'm sitting down in the chair when I say this, I get up and I'm like, I need to get out of this room. Before I take three steps, I get so completely nauseous, like instant to my gut sick, I want to throw up, I just face plant into the mattress. And all I could do is stare at the doorway, which are random papers and everything else in the hallway. As I'm staring, the papers and stuff are moving like something's walking to me. But I can't see anything with my eyes. But the thing 
is putting the image in my head to let me see, let me see it without seeing it. I know it sounds weird by saying that, but it's wanting me to know what it looks like to make me think I'm crazy. Because if I go try to sell anybody this, they're not going to believe it. Right. But anyway, this thing is about four foot tall, big bulbous head, wrinkles all over its face, like weird leathery skin, and it has the biggest piranha-looking mouth, like little grin from ear to ear. And it has these tiny little sharp, like sharp teeth-looking thing. Years later, the best thing I was able to ever find is it looks like the demon from Death Note. When I was trying oh, yeah, to... Yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. What color it's, was that's it? What, like... It was like a gray, gray leather-looking thing. And it's no bigger than like an eight- or nine-year-old kid. This right. thing crawls up to me, gets about two inches from my face, and it's smiling. I'm getting freaked out, and I feel its breath on my face, and I can smell just nothing but sulfur. I feel it crawl up on my back. Its knees are in my back, and its hands are on my shoulders, and it starts getting heavy and heavy. My vision starts becoming red, and I, at this point, have had my come-to-Jesus moment. I'm like, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to get off me. The more I'm saying this, the heavier this thing is getting, while well, I'm literally sinking into the mattress. And I'm crying at this point, and I'm, I'm a pretty tough guy. I don't usually cry. At this point, I'm bawling my eyes out. My nephew comes in to help me out. I'm yelling, I'm, Joe, Joe, get in here, please. And he's known me his whole life. He's never seen me cry. And I'm bawling my eyes out, like, please help me get off this mattress. In the name of Jesus Christ, man, get off. And whenever I see him, I get the uncontrollable urge that this, the moment I get off this bed, I'm going to take the nearest thing and I'm going to bludgeon him until I see his brain. I don't know where this is coming from, but it's taking all his might to just to lift my shoulder off the, uh, off the mattress. And my vision continues to keep getting redder and redder to the point it looks like I'm looking through rose-colored glasses and I'm just so, so angry, so mad, at the same time, so freaked out. But all I'm looking at is him. He's trying to help me, and all I want to do is kill him. And I don't know where his feeling comes from. But finally, the thing jumps off my back. I'm able to actually get off the mattress, and I run completely out. And I'm, like, hyperventilating everything. Want, I'm trying to smoke a cigarette. Like, what in the hell just happened? The room goes back bright again. Well, Joel's in there, and he's, like, trying to figure out what's going on. He's in there not even five minutes. He comes out. He's babbling. He's like, I'm not going back in there. I'm not going back in there. You're not making me. I don't want to be here anymore. I was like, what's going on? What happened to you now? He's like, I heard three snaps come from the living room behind me. I'll go look. And something picked me up about a foot off the floor and threw me in the wall. And I was trying to get up and to grab my ankle, and I, I, he jumped up and he ran out. But like I said, he's a big, he's a big boy. He's four hundred pounds, no joke. And for something to lift him up, which I just, what I just experienced, I knew it was not far out of the realm of actually happening. He comes out and he's babbling like a baby, and like, look, I know we just got hurt. Get all the stuff out of here. We get out of here as quick as we can. I don't want to be in here any more than you do. Just grab as much as you can, and we'll go out, whatever. My wife goes in, everything else. She ends up getting three scratches down her chest when she's getting stuff out of the kitchen. 
she's like doesn't want to be in there anymore. But we just grab the last little bit we can, like thirty minutes, and we leave. Uh, the bed, we leave my kids' bed, the couches in the living room, and a few other things. We just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like at the same time, like during the last couple of years, we started having a bad roach problem, and we're clean. We're like we're all the time cleaning, mopping taking trash out, we, you know, not leaving, stuff like that. But the more activity happened, like we'd have flies up here, and then we start having the roaches, and then we had some spiders, everything else, just constantly building up to the point, like, we had about, I don't know, four or five exterminators come, do their thing, everything would be completely fine, and here they come back with the bad smell. And like I said, during that last little bit, that last day, we thought, okay, we were going to wash our hands. It's there at the place. We have nothing else to do with it, period, point blank. Well, we end up staying at a hotel for about seven months. And this hotel has already had its share of other things, all that too. Which while we were there at the hotel, we, we still had same similar kind of things happen like with phone ring and everything we'd hear scratch on while we don't have any neighbors and stuff like that things would go missing and stuff and it wasn't the same to do with the family but i'm pretty sure the shadow thing followed us but it just died this time because again we start we were still fighting everything else well it might have well, lost some sort of energy from moving from the house to follow you or something like that well you know? we had stayed there as a turn kind of find out we have stayed there longer up even to this day, we have stayed there longer than anybody else has ever stayed in that apartment. Usually, the people stay there two, three months. Things happen and they leave. They don't want to have no part of it, and it usually stays empty. That's why it showed up empty whenever we were able to stay there. But for us staying there seven years, like it got real familiar with us and how we got about and had attachment to the kids. Well. I had met some friends from my job right across in the hotel, which they had just got into an apartment themselves. And I, oh, yeah, you can be roommates and everything. It's fine. But they'd come by and hang out and everything. And one night they were like, you know, we'll watch your kids here. Y'all can go to our place, have you some alone time and everything, adult time away from kids. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Well, we, me and my wife go to the place, and there's not initially there or whatever. We're sitting, we're watching uh, TV, and this is about like four in the morning. And randomly, she gets this weird look. She Her head tilts a little bit. And normally, she has brown eyes, but her eyes go completely black, like super dilated and everything. She kind of stares uh-huh. off in space a little bit. And immediately, she starts bawling her eyes out. Just looking down, and her tone of her voice, it wasn't the same tone or whatever. It was like higher pitch and everything. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm so sorry. I'm like, what are you talking about, Tara? Like, what? Like, what What are you talking about? And she's I'm just, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just, at this point, I'm trying to shake her, and I'm looking at her and everything else. And they said the way she hung her head, the way she was saying her words, her mannerisms, everything, that wasn't her. Just, yeah. And for, like, 20 minutes, it just happened like that. And then randomly out of the blue, she's like, why are you looking at me like that? I'm like... <sighs> What do you mean, why am I looking at you like that? What the hell happened? Why were you crying? I wasn't crying. I'm like, Tara, yeah, you were. What do you mean? I was like, what was I saying? I'm like, you were going on and on about you were sorry about something. No, I wasn't. I'm like, Tara, 
why would I'm you freak you freak me out? Why would I have me out like this if this doesn't just happen? It's like I think that thing followed us. And then the orb things started appearing just like at the apartment and we already went down this whole road and stuff. Well the church that we were starting to attend was a little, a little tiny church that we were beating here and there, bowling out and stuff. And only about 20 people went to this church. This young guy, he's a little bit younger than me. I'm 33 right now, so at the time, he was like 23, 24, just trying to get off the ground. One of the deacons of this church happened to be, best I could say, clairvoyant. He could pick up on things that other people couldn't ever pick up on. Like, he, like... Seem to be able to talk spirits and not like a traditional Wiccan, Wiccan style thing or whatever, using witchcraft. Like, he'd be able, like, you can go into a place and tell them to go to light and everything else, do house blessings, like possessions, all that stuff. And I, again, I'm still learning about all this and all that. He offers to come by and bless the house because they, he had already been familiar about with our story and everything else and offered to come by. Well, we do exactly everything he says. He, uh, and on, on also on top of that, I had added a little bit of salt to the door. Everything yeah. just in case anything, whatever. Well, we open every window. We open the doors, everything. And he's going to each room. He's reading from this very, very, very old Bible. And he's going through each room, doing his thing. And he stops in one room in particular, the room that uh, my wife had got possessed. And you just have a look at him, and he starts speaking in Latin. He says about three lines of Latin, and all of a sudden you hear stomping going through the hallway like, don't, 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 don't. And the front door slam where it shakes the wall. And we're like, wait a minute, what's going on? We all come from out from the room and stuff, and he's like, whenever, uh, whenever you banish evil, whatever, it likes to give one big last hurrah to show what it can do and everything else. But he's just saying, you have to be careful. It's just like having any open door or window where things can come out, things can come in, and everything else. And that, you know, kind of, kind of struck me and everything else because, again, wasn't totally expecting that, but we never did any of that with the shadow thing. I don't think it completely got rid of the shadow thing. I think it got it off of us, and it went back to the hill what it knew. Which where we were staying at was not even a quarter mile away, because again, I'm from friends I still have in North Carolina that had friends stay at the place. Again, people stay there a month to three months. They can't stand it anymore, and they leave. And it's still going on to this day. We left the apartment in late 2010 to no late 2011. That's right. And what about um, before you moved in there? Did you ever hear anything about the people who lived there before you? Or? No, that was the weird thing. That was the weird thing that the pe- our friends that stayed there, they never had any experience. That's why I was more inclined to think that whatever it was that from the apartment and either like followed us straight from the apartment to the hotel to the new apartment or just wandered around and just happened to pick up our energy and just like, oh, so this is where you're at. I'm going to go here. But, like, being at the hotel, never one time heard anything about, like, oh, yeah, this place is crazy haunted and everything yeah. else. Go to the apartment, 
and there was a young couple standing there. They had, they were fighting and everything else on their own, but they had never one time mentioned this to mm-hmm. uh, us or whatever. And they, we never would go out of our way as a you know family and everything, just like, oh yeah, well you know, yeah, we go ghost hunting on Friday nights and all this and over. You know, we just we kept to ourselves. If it came up and topic with our friends, we'd mention about it, but it wasn't like we wore it on our sleeve. You know, we just kept it to ourselves. Yeah. And so if I would, I believe if there was something going on there beforehand, they would have mentioned it to us. But for the fact that uh, my wife had got possessed there for a little bit and everything, and I've been with her for 12 years, I've never one time seen this happen. And just seeing a whole demeanor, her, devo- her tone of her voice, her bawling her ass out and just like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I will never do it again and everything else. And uh, like she wasn't responding to anything I'm saying. And then just randomly she comes back to and just, uh, she don't remember the last 20 minutes. And like, wait a minute. Uh, uh-uh. I don't know. No, no. You need to talk to somebody at church. Are you doing this? No, no, no. No, no, we're not right. doing this. Because I didn't want to go through that whole thing again. Like with the thing that crawled on my back and stuff, I, I still been looking into it to try to see if this, thing or whatever, if it was a demon, if it was a shapeshifter, whatever it was, does it have a name? What's his backstory and stuff? Because best I could say, it looked like Dom. And we never told, me and my wife never told each other what we saw, like, in detail and stuff. We just said things happened and we left it be because we kind of figured if we would talk about it, it would give more power and stuff. When we left and stayed at the hotel, then we described what we saw everything else and like the best i could just in general search on google is the thing that look uh from death note with the crazy smile and stuff but like this thing was what i saw was like four foot tall maybe looked like 80 90 pounds a little skinny gray looking thing and had so many wrinkles across his face and it would smile like the treasure cat like right. huge unnatural smile and I knew I couldn't see it off the rip, and it got right into my face with the smile and just climbed on my back like a cat and then started getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Well, I was legit sinking into the mattress where I kept feeling like I must weigh like five, 600 pounds here. Like, I need to get up. And my, then my vision changed to red, which I didn't ever saw or heard anything about that being possible. I, like I said, I have my come to Jesus moment. I, you, know, you may have been spiritual or not religious. Well, you're you're going to have to find some religion now because this isn't this is evil and it's hurting you. You need to get off of you. You're the only one in this room. You need to think of something. And like I said, I'm crying. I'm hysterical. I, I'm just I I couldn't do it anymore. I I couldn't have my I couldn't risk that happening to either my wife or my kids or anybody that's come back. I don't want that to happen to me or anybody else. And like I said, I don't know what it was. It had to be the shadow thing. But I don't know why it chose to look like that, but it crawled into the room on his hands and knees, got to my face, just crawled on my back. It made the room turn dark. It made me get sick. It knew what it was doing. When I, when I went to challenge it, when it when knew I wasn't there with my kids in the room and everything else, like, you know, parental instinct kicked in and I was like at this point I'm like I don't care whatever you're not going to hurt my kids and it's like oh you don't think I hurt the kids room goes dark I'll show you I'm like oh boy what did I just do 
So what about, um, you know, you said your wife saw a face coming out the wall that trapped her in a room. Yeah. What Did yeah. she ever describe the face? Mm-hmm. See, she said it was like what she saw because the room being black was kind of like, uh, looked like a black sheet with two glowing eyes and the same exact toothy grin smile. Mm. It just kind of appeared out of a shadow, got close to her, to her face, did that smile like, you think you're going to get out of here? And she immediately screams bloody murder and runs and grabs the kids and everything else, which I don't blame her. Again, like the, they did not want us to leave, but we had no legal choice. We got evicted. We have to go. And they didn't like that. And which, you know, like I said, it was making, letting us know, like, I don't like it. You're not going to leave or whatever. It but sounds it like it was putting on like a, a final show for you, mm-hmm. to, you know, just before you left. Sure did. Sure did. And like I said, it was just letting us know, like, you might, be, you, you think you're going to leave, but you, you're not going to get rid of us and stuff until right near the end. But the guy I went started reading Latin and stuff, which I still to this day don't know exactly what he said, but this wasn't no King James Bible. This guy had a very, very, very old Bible. I mean, old. And like you said, he just, he kind of, I don't know, it it reminds me of like Ed and Lorraine Warren, how Lorraine was, she was, you know, sensitive stuff and everything else. That's how this guy was. Like, he he was going from room to room, everything was fine until he hit the one room where she got possessed and he just stopped. And he knew that thing was in there. He kind of moves out the way from the doorway and like he starts speaking Latin and then you hear this thing heavy run, bam, 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 wham, slams the front door. And, and this was, was at the place that you moved to after the... Yeah, the this first, is after the hotel. Uh-huh, this, right. is the, this is when we were finally done yeah. with the thing in North Carolina. Now shortly, about five, six months after this, we end up moving to South Carolina. Everything else because there wasn't any jobs at that time in North Carolina. We just came down here because things were cheaper and more opportunities for our family and everything else. But during the whole time we were in North Carolina, it was like things were just drawn to us that it wouldn't be necessarily drawn to other people. And it was more focused on my kids. Like, um, even now, I can do, I can run a spirit box app on occasion and just, you know, see if I can pick up anything or whatever, because we, we still feel something's there. I honestly believe it could be my grandma watching protecting us since it's just us three, but, uh, there's something else there because it is real. There's a man and a woman that we mostly hear and it's all the time talking about my son. Either they'll refer to his nickname, which is Bubby, or they'll call him Lane. And they'll, on occasion, they'll talk, they'll mention about my daughter, but they're more really excited about talking to my son. And my son, he's agnostic at this point. Even though he's had all this stuff been happening to him, he, he doesn't know what to think of it, so he tries to block it all out. My daughter goes to church religiously. She goes to church like two, three times a week. And they're both, I mean, they're twins. They, but they get along. They do a lot of the same things, but they do their own things. They're, you know, growing up and doing all that. But they, something about my son, they, they really like, I guess that if he was to kind of like look into doing something with 
spiritual stuff, he he would be a real good candidate being sensitive or something, the best I can say. Because no matter where I go, I could do it at my house. I could do it at my friend's house. I could do it wherever. I always want to talk to him. And he just looks at me and is like, no, no. And he'll leave the room. Well, maybe maybe it's the fact that he's agnostic on it that yeah, he's I like mean, skeptical. That, maybe that frustrates him and makes him want to contact him more or something yeah, like that. My daughter, she wants to talk to anybody that talk to her. She's always been yeah. like that, just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. And she can kind of – she sees colors around people, whether they're good or bad. She, right. She's not like a psychonaut. She can pick up orders good. She can – she didn't tell me whether or not she likes somebody or not, wherever if they're actually, you know, they're, they're mean well, they don't. And she's pretty active about stuff. But Lane, on the other hand, like I said, he he's had experiences with all this stuff. He knows it's real, but he just doesn't want to acknowledge it. He just figures if I don't talk about it, if I don't think about it, they won't want to have nothing to do with me. I just want to give out my life and all this other stuff. But that's fine. Because I was like that way too, and I'm not telling him he needs to you know bust out a crystal ball or anything. But if there's something that's watching both of them, whether it's a, my grandma or one of my wife's family members or whatever, that's uh, you know protecting them mm-hmm. and keeping an eye on them, making sure they're okay. You know, at least he can do is acknowledge like, hey, thank you for watching and everything else. You know, uh, that's fine if he wants to do it. I'm not going to push him, but. I said, we, there's a positive presence here around since that it hasn't, been, it hasn't done any negative thing or whatever. We don't have that bad smell or nothing like that. We just, I don't know, like I said, it's, the best I can say is like just the old, like my grandma I was real close to everything. Best I can describe her. If you've ever seen the movie Grandma's Boy, she would be the first person to want to sit and drink a beer with. Everything. Right, okay. She'd always have funny stories and everything else, but she cared about her family. You know what I'm saying? She died right. She died of cancer, leukemia, and MRSA about three months after my kids was born. I named my daughter after my grandma and everything. And I was extremely close to my grandparents growing up. They raised me from the time I was born till I was six. And over the years, I would always talk to them and everything else. But when my grandma died, like I said, I, I feel her presence around. She kind of helps, you know, steer me. If I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing or whatever, she lets me know somehow. She'll send me some type of sign in, in, my, in my dreams or whatever. She helps, kind of helps steer things going on because she sees I'm doing this all myself. And, and I, you think know, she could be protecting the yeah, family. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. Because, again, it's just us and everything else. And, like, it's been pretty tough. Doing all this by myself, I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. I, I love my kids to death. We are, we're a really close, tight knit family. Like anytime we go do something, we all always do it together. Whether they want to do it or not, just for the fact that no matter what it is, we're gonna walk to the store. We're gonna go check out some abandoned places, or we're gonna go to Walmart or anything like that. We always do it together, and it's always been like that ever since the kids were first bought up till now we all us three has always been very close and there's been times that you know bad stuff's about to happen but something would intervene you know like guardian angel type of intervention the best i can say 
everything else to kind of help like the last prevention like oh before you go off deep in like oh let me stop you okay okay follow your lead and do you think when the uh the guy from the church came and blessed the house that enabled her to come through or was she there well, beforehand or I, personally i believe she was there but i think that whatever that was was just a little bit stronger than that because yeah. honestly I feel that shadow thing has been there on that hill for a very long time. I'm talking like hundreds of years because this is like an old Indian mound. It's like in shape, a perfect shape of a cone right on the side of Hollycrest. And at the top of the hill is a road called Hollypot Lane. It kind of winds down. But at the top of this uh, hill and everything, nothing really grows and stuff. But like the neighbors on the other side of the hill, there's a couple trailers on the other side, and all around this base, there's always people talking about the, the shadow thing. There's just constantly watching, knocking on stuff and everything else, whispering in your ear and everything else. And people were just like, no, nah, you know, we ain't staying here or whatever. But more of the energy was always focused on our part because of that family. Now, back to the family again. After that house had burned down, uh, they cleared the lot out and turned into a playground. Now, at night, late at night, usually between one to four or five in the morning, you could at any time you could see the swings swing by themselves back and forth. Like there's a couple kids, yeah. And it all, it, I mean, sometimes you see it during the day, but mostly at night. But there's like two sets of swings, a spiral slide, a couple of seesaws. And that's about it. But the swings, they would, they would swing on their own, whether it's middle of summer, winter, anything like that. There was nobody was around. Where the house yeah, no was wind. burnt down. Yeah, exactly right, where it was. Okay. So I mean, do, you think, do you think it could have been the, um, how you said it was affecting, you know, moving tobacco products around? Could it have yeah. been that that caused the original house to burn down? Honestly, I believe so, because... Um, there, I mean, I, I personally would never sleep smoking. I, if, I was, if I'm going to go to sleep, I'll put my cigarette out. I'll put my cigar out, whatever else, because I've already, living with my dad, he had a pill problem, and it, there would be times I would watch him fall asleep, driving or sick, now and seeing cigarettes and everything burn straight through his fingers and burn his hands up. And I'm like, I don't want to be like that. So I always make a point to put everything out. And finding that the father had went to sleep smoking, and burned the whole house down. It's like he wanted to get one last cigarette and everything else, but he couldn't. And like, if you see smoke or whatever, he'd try to do something with the ashtray. Or there'd be times, <coughs> excuse me, there'd be times uh, we'd come home from like the mall or the grocery store or something like that, come in and smell uh, cigarette smoke. No, and there's nobody there at the place. We'd smell it, just thinking, oh, it's just from us earlier, but you could still see the smoke. Like someone just was like walking around smoking, but there's no one there. And it's just like the family was there, just like doing their whole routine, but they couldn't really leave or anything else because that shadow thing was feeding off their energy to mess with us. It was kind of like they were trapped there. They want to like make sure we're okay, but at the same time, that shadow thing was feeding, like taking their energy, taking our energy to manifest for itself, to further exacerbate things and everything else. 
And you said something about the original family that burned down in the house. They had twins, and you had twins, mm-hmm. and there could have been yeah. a link there that maybe that's why yeah. they're attached to your family. Yeah, that, that I mean, all the more just weird coincidences like that just further, you know, captivated me and everything else. I mean, I wanted to know more about it, but I didn't have any of the exact details to know exactly where to look as I was just here and fall apart figures here and there and everything yeah. else. And it was just in passing. I'm like, okay, I'll get it. I'm going to look this up when it, later on when I get off work or when I have a day off and that would never ever occur because other things would pop up. So I always will get put on the back button. But from what I gather, like I said, the little boy who went to spend the night that night at his grandparents' house and everything else. It was like on a weekend. And the mother, father, daughter, and the twins are there. The twins are maybe five, six. He goes to sleep smoking a cigarette in the living room and the whole house burns down. Everybody, all five people die in the house. And the only survivor was the little boy who happened to be at my apartment at the time. And then coincidentally, years later, my friend brings that kid over and he's so on edge that he's thinking at any point somebody's going to attack him and everything else. And he's just like fight or flight instantly. And the whole time I'm trying to be as cordial and welcoming as I can be. Because again, I'm trying the whole time like when we have friends and stuff stay with us and everything else, all I'm trying to do is instill it to the kids. You know, you help out people when you need help, it'll come back to you, do what others I'm doing to you. So if anybody comes by, you know, be polite for and everything else. And this guy, like I said, he wasn't, he didn't mean anything by it. I could tell. I mean, I, I know it wasn't nothing like nobody did anything to him. It's just that the moment he got in, he's looking around his shoulders and looking behind him and everything else. He's just constantly fidgeting around. And anybody looks at him, he's like, what? What? It's like he just he doesn't want to be there, but he's feeling like he's about to be attacked or something like that. And he's just like when he goes outside and everything else to get some air, a buddy goes out to talk to him, and I just fall out behind him and everything else. And he's ready to start fighting in my front yard. I'm like, dude, what's going on, man? I'm just, <laughs> yeah, what's well, going on? Aye. And he's just like, no, forget this, I'm gone, I'm gone. And then. My buddy goes, walks with him down the road and stuff. They're talking. I was like, well, that was weird. Okay. And he comes back and he tells me all this. I'm like, oh, well, all that makes sense now. I, I understand. If that was me, I wouldn't have wanted. If that was me, I wouldn't even have came by here. No, I was going to say, it's like, strange oh, that you came back to the same place. Like, I wouldn't exactly. go back there. Yeah. Again. That was like just the whole story. Like I said, just different parts of it. It sounds fantastical. It sounds like. I saw some old Twilight Zone episode or whatever, but <laughs> this is all 100% as things happened. You know, I don't have exact dates and times, like, you know, time stamps and everything, but this is everything that happened as it progressed. This is all 100% true. And for anybody that is a, ever a skeptic of anything paranormal and stuff, no matter how technology ever advances and stuff, no one can ever have 100% absolute proof of the afterlife mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter where what part of the world you're from what's your background anything like that when you have a personal paranormal experience when something personally happens to you appears to you you hear something you whatever it is you yeah. know that that happened you know it's real 
whether or not you can prove it to somebody else isn't that's not the most important thing it's just if it happens to you you know it's real and that's all you can really do you can tell people about it and it's up to them whether they believe or not if they've ever had any paranormal experience themselves they can relate because they know personally what's happened to them it doesn't matter what anybody else can say people can be skeptics all day long i mean you have people that say the moon landing never happened they say people like jfk was assassinated and all those other things conspiracy theories out the wazoo but when it comes down to paranormal unless it personally happens to you it can be interesting so when it happens to you it takes on a whole new life you know what you personally experienced you know what you've seen and there's nobody on earth that can tell you different if you know what you had happened to you oh definitely i think that's exactly. why i find these sort of stories so interesting because i mean you can I mean, show people I'll, pictures all you want and you know exactly. evidence but it's unless you experience it yourself Exactly. I mean, that was the main thing that I wanted to put my story together over the years and everything else at different points. I've tried to accumulate all my stuff to be able to do this on my own, but years ago, whenever I happened to uh, stumble on your channel and I saw the video about the shadow people, I was just like, this guy, he does good work, and I need to let him, it, I'm pretty sure if I let him know my story, let him know what's going on, he, he'll do good work and he can make, he can make sense out of the jumble <laughs> that I'm saying and everything else. Just, I know, like I said, I know you do good work and I know you can help, you know, tell people what's happening from my point of view and everything else. I mean, just I don't know. I, I, all I can do is, um, you know, show your story to people. That, that's what I'm saying. To, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like someone, someone who's listening to this will probably have some interested inputs and, you know, whether you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth or you lived in a chair park your whole life or whether you're male, female, black, white, tall, short, skinny, fat, doesn't matter if you live in Europe, Africa, China, USA, Mexico, everybody has experiences on a day to day basis, whether they decide they want to ignore it. And act like it's background noise or if it's really relevant and it's right there in their face. At first, they might think, oh, I must be going crazy. The person right beside me isn't experiencing this. This must be just my imagination or something going on. But when something personally happens to you, when you eliminate any other possibility of what it is, being a rational human being, like I said, you know what is true. You know if you stick your hand on a hot stove, you're going to get burned and everything else. That's just a universal thing. Like, you have something happen to you, you know what's going on. And the best that anybody can do is share the story. And if they can get anything from it, awesome. If they think it's just a fantastical tale to listen to before you go to sleep, that's mm -hmm. fine, too. It doesn't really matter. As long as I feel like I've got my story out yeah. and say, this is what happened to me, this is what went on during the whole time, and this is how it ended. And everything else, that's all that, that, that's important to me. Yeah, well, I hope someone, I hope we get some more light shed on it. Maybe someone listening has more information. I know you, you never know someone else from the area might have some more information on the, yeah, the place. Definitely. You never know. It's, uh, that's because the thing like about that, getting your message that, out there. Yeah, like the more I've been doing the research about the little gray, little gray wrinkled man. Uh huh. 
I've not been able to find anything that's 100% concrete, and that's the thing that's really been driving me crazy because I've I've done all kinds of research in different uh, religions and stuff like that. I haven't found anything quite close to it. I don't know why I decided to take that shape unless it just personally wanted to mess with me. But this thing was, yeah, because it chose the most creepiest looking appearance it could. But at any other given time before that, it always wanted to look like me. But not like like a blurry version of me. Like if you're looking at a reflection in a slightly fogged mirror, like slightly out of focus, it would look like me, but it'd be missing certain details. Like, again, my eyes, my legs, my hands. It would appear and just disappear. It definitely sounds demonic. You know how you said towards the end things would happen in threes, like there'd be three knocks or three scratches, and that's Mm -hmm. sort of associated with demon activity. And the bad smells and the bugs and everything else, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I was starting to get more worried near the end. Once it was known that we were evicted and stuff, when we had only had 30 days, it was just like, well, if you only have 30 days, you're going to know every day for these 30 days that I'm here. And like with the animal growl at the foot of the bed in the pitch black room, like I got up and I walked completely around it to try to figure out where the source is from. But it was standing in midair, four feet off the ground. And it was no bigger. My estimate would be about an eight inch circle in the air where the sound was coming from it, but it was loud. I mean, not not subtle, like you legit have a dog angry in the room growling, and it wasn't natural. It stayed there for about five, six hours until daylight happened. It just stood at the foot of the bed looking at us growling, and we just all hugged each other praying the entire night. We didn't want to get up. Something kept scratching on the bottom of our feet, but we were just like, nope, nope, you're not, you're not getting us. You're not trying to make us get up out of this. To get up out of bed or anything else, you're not attacking us. We're just going to hug each other. We're praying, go away. But then, like I said, the very last day when it, sh- it showed me its true power and stuff, like it changed, it changed my outlook on life a lot. I didn't ever know things could do this because from whatever all I've gathered beforehand, I've never heard any report of someone's vision changing like that. I've heard about people getting angry and stuff and wanting to attack somebody, like getting possessed in their own, but having the thing crawl on my back, literally getting heavier and heavier yeah. and heavier. And then my I've vision changing. Like that before. Yeah. Mm. It, it was freaking me out to the point, like I said, I'm babbling like a baby. I'm crying and then I'm constantly, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you get off of me. And every time I said that, it kept getting redder. I kept getting heavier. And I, it was just freaking me out to the point. Like, I wanted to run as far away as this as I could. Only thing is, I had to keep in mind, I have to get everything out of this place today or I'm going to be hit <laughs> with a big fine and everything else for leaving stuff. So, I mean, I'm constantly keeping that in mind. But at the same time, this is all going on. I'm just a jumbled mess. And like I said, I get out. I'm trying to get my breath and everything else. Quit crying stuff. My nephew's already in there. He's trying to get a couple other boxes. He gets picked up, drawn against the wall. He comes out. He's babbling like a little baby. He's pale. And I'm like, dude, I understand. I know, man. Don't. I trust me. I don't want to be in there any more than you do, man. We just grab what we can, throw in the back, and we'll go. And my wife goes in, and she gets three scratches across her chest while she's in the kitchen and everything else. And 
like I said, every time we was in there by ourselves, we'd personally get attacked. When all three of us was in there, we'd hear stuff all around us. The whole time is like, hey, 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 don't go, don't go, don't go, don't, no, 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 don't, please don't leave, don't, no, don't go. But we, I mean, there wasn't any like option with it. We just got what we could and left, left a good bit of stuff. I did still get a fine for leaving stuff behind. But at that point, I didn't, I didn't want to be in there any longer. Yeah, I didn't care to. at that point. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, oh well, I'll take the loss. I'll go to court. I'll get a judgment. Whatever, I'll deal with it later on. It's not worth me getting attacked anymore. No. Because again, like, I all think it is my, the landlord has ever noticed anything. Oh, I said all anything. they know. All they know is just that people, for some reason, they just don't want to stay there. Yeah. Like they they hear reports and stuff like that. There's a long list of reports to there about uh, lights and things moving and scratchings on the wall and tapping and whispering and stuff. But it never was to the point as intense as was with us being there. It was just like it. Was, what we had happened in the beginning, they would start to have it happen to them. And the average person has never had anything paranormal. The first little bit start going on, and it's happening in the middle of the day with people around. You're just like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing this. Forget this. Scare us up. We'll find somewhere else to go. We'll go stay in another government place. We're not doing this, which is completely understandable. You know, I mean, if we had somewhere else to go while all this is going on, we probably would have left. But as, you know, time going on with actual life going on, we just kind of put in the back burner. It was just kind of an interesting thing because at first, nothing was a, it, it was more or less a conversation piece. When the lights would appear on the wall and we'd hear tapping and stuff, seeing the shadow people, like the shadows of a man and woman in the kitchen and stuff like that, it's just like, wow, he believed that? That's so cool. Like other people don't have this happen, but wow. This is so interesting and stuff because, again, you wasn't expecting there's no forewarning to it. When the light would appear in the living room, that was a white light for some reason. It would never change colors, but it would dance all along the ceiling, the wall, and stuff. And these lights, again, that would, would appear on the walls and stuff were just as bright as if you were to take a flashlight about a foot away from the wall and cut it on. You could put your hand to it, and it would reflect back to your hand. But it was coming from the wall, and it would only last about 10 seconds at most, and it would just fade away like somebody cut off a light. Sounds like it was sort of gathering energy over the years. And, you know, when yeah. you first moved in, there wasn't much happening, especially with when you see, you say in the photographs, you only ever saw it around your kids. It sounded like it was using them to draw energy, which is something yeah. I've heard from a lot of different hauntings is that spirits or demons will use children's energy because they've got a lot more energy to exactly and a lot of these orbs like the uh peach colored hexagon orb that wasn't even around my kid that was around uh my nephew at the time but any pictures any pictures of kids in particular but most of my kids any pictures of kids in particular always had orbs around always no matter if they're like in the foreground in front of the kids and stuff, and these wasn't like dust things because you would see them hidden behind other things. You would see comet trails coming from them. You would see different things, like different colors, black, green, blue, red, and stuff. Like the weird hexagon one, I've never seen a six-sided, you know, orb with a little line around it ever appear like that. And it was solid. And within those five seconds of those pictures being took, 
it appeared going to the mother and it was gone as quick as it appeared. And it came from the baby up to the mother and it was gone. And like I said, at first, like I said, it was like the family was there because it was like, well, this family is kind of like ours. They got, they got twins. We have twins. Let's protect them. Is there something here or whatever? But as soon as that shadow thing started coming around, maybe, maybe it fed off a lot of energy from Bubbo doing his uh, drug use that he kept hidden from people. But see, he was only 29. At the time that that picture was taken, he was 27. He died two years later, like I said, from an overdose from shooting up fentanyl at a friend's house in the closet. Like, it killed him so quick. They found him. He still had the needle in his arm and everything else. And nobody know, knew he had a drug problem like this. He kept it hidden, but he was getting different stuff from other people and everything else. He kept it well hidden. But with the crazy pictures, like the shadow thing behind him and the thing that was in the mirror and stuff always initially started around him. And then after he left, whatever the energy, that negative energy really amped up in general and stuff. And it could, like the, the shadow thing probably was there. But really got a supercharged from his negative energy and just like set camp there at my place. Because again, after he left, that's when the more it started amping up to more physical things and what have you. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you've seen. There's like a picture. It's quite famous of um, there was a guy who had a massive drug problem, and what made him stop was he took a picture, or there was a picture taken of him, and then behind behind him in the picture there's like a dog's face looking over his shoulder. It's been around on the internet for quite a while. It's a weird picture. That's what the the picture of Bobo reminded me of, actually. Yeah, um, and uh, originally, like I said, well, we were picking at him about, like, oh, that's your lobby and everything. He's just, oh, sure, just shut up or whatever. Every time, like, he would uh, come by and stuff, and we'd pick at him about it, and he just didn't really want to believe it until, again, like, things would move while we're sitting around and everything, and he'd just like, oh. Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm go hang out with a friend. I'll see y'all later and everything else. Because, again, he was just like, he. I'm pretty sure he knew that there was something feeding off that. But he just figured if I ignored it, it would go away and leave me be. Yeah. And that was you can't have necessarily that mindset with it when it comes to that. Now, when it, originally when I moved away from South Carolina and I met my wife for the first time, I used to be bad off on drugs. I had a bad drug problem at the time. I went 22 days no sleep. Like, I really went off on the deep end. But when I got off everything, I'd been clean for about three or four months, and I wasn't doing anything. I mean, I refused any medication doctors gave me. I didn't smoke any weed. I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. I was about done with cigarettes in general. Like, completely straight edge from everything. Like, I had a clear head. I moved to North Carolina to get away from everybody around here at the time that was dealing with drugs and stuff. I didn't want to have no part of it because during the last bit of that 22 days, I, I went to the bathroom and I looked and I looked like a Holocaust victim. I could count every single one of my ribs. My eyes and cheeks were sunken in. I got normally I weigh about 200 pounds. I had got down to 135 pounds before I moved away. Yeah. I got I gained about 10 pounds back after being clean. But when I saw myself in the mirror, it freaked me out. And I'm like, no, I'm done. No more. That's when I checked myself in the rehab, and I was good. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm going up here. I'm going to go to Job Corps and get my life together, and everything's going to be right. Then, like I said, I come up here. I make my wife. We have uh, finances pregnant. We get married a couple weeks 
before you have the kids and we move in and things are initially fine. But after about first couple weeks, that's when things started initially start happening. Like the little orbs would appear. You hear occasional tapping and stuff. And it's just like little background stuff. Initially, we just like, you know, you know, it's just a house selling or whatever. Just going about just the regular routine of actually being first time parents and stuff. And just like, you know, it, it, it's not important, you know, it's whatever. But as things kept escalating, it's just like, it became more of a talking point. Just, wow, that was interesting. Or whatever. Yeah, and that never came of it until again, when we're trying to, you know, have some type of a normal social deal and people that we're talking about, like, Hey, our place is haunted. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, no, no, we're not joking. You want to stay here? You'll see. And then they come up within three days and you're just like, Oh my God, you were right. You're, you're right. I, I told you. Why do you think? Why do you think I warned you beforehand? Like this is real. Like no. Like, yeah, I was laying down. My hair started getting pulled and everything. I start throwing these scratches and everything. These lights start appearing. I'm like, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, you're cool, Josh, and everything else. But we're gonna go stay at a friend's house. Okay, that's fine. I mean, you're more welcome to stay here. But that's fine. We appreciate your offer, but we can't do this. Okay. Well. <laughs> I did, did I hear you say earlier that you went ghost hunting as well on the weekend? Oh, yeah. Was that someone else? Well, I mean, I would go ghost hunting on occasion and stuff like that. And nothing never really followed, followed around because, uh, I mean, we, I never really would like go crazy with it. Like, I would go uh, check out a couple of cemeteries. I'd take a couple of cameras, and if I caught something interesting, cool, Usually, if something would happen, my batteries would drain and everything else, and I didn't carry anything extra. So, if I go somewhere, my stuff would die. I'm like, okay, well, that's the end of that. We'll go ahead and go back to the house or whatever else. And on occasion, you know, things would happen like that. But, again, it was more like just to have something to do. Like, some people might, you know, build puzzles, do puzzles and everything else. I've always kind of been interested in just, like, weird things, aliens. Ghost, Loch Ness, Bigfoot, all that stuff. I always found it interesting growing up. So again, when things start happening in the house, and just like, well, okay, this is this is real. This must be a real thing. I wonder if other places have this. So on my day off, you know, I'd go check out this, and that, and the other, and nothing would ever happen to the extent like would be at my own house. And so did you did you want... start doing this um, only after you moved into this this place, well, or did you been doing it beforehand? No, I mean, well, pretty much. Like, there's a couple times, like, I went and done, went to a uh, haunted house to go see if I saw anything, but none of ever, whatever, become of it. It was just more like, uh, like we're all just sitting around with friends and everything, like, oh, I heard about this haunted place. Hey, let's go to the garden. Let's go check it out and everything yeah. else. Oh, you're too scared to get out of the car. No, give me the flash out. I'll go. You know, that kind of thing. And it wasn't nothing serious. Like, you know, take an EF meter or a tape recorder or nothing like that. It's just like, okay, we're bored. Let's go check this out. But whenever thing, whenever staying at a place and actually seeing the stuff occur on a daily, daily basis where it's just like, you know, I could just set up a, a camera and everything else. And I, it would, you know, things would happen regardless. I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to like try to be like, okay, do you want to communicate or anything like some candles or separate anything it'd just be like any other any joe blow whoever's house and stuff and things would just happen and just like okay he wasn't expecting it 
like CV would come on, radio would come on and change channels and stuff and things like that. Just like, okay, wasn't expecting that, but okay, I guess we're listening to the radio now. And you don't think any of it, like any of your previous ghost hunts outside the place kind of opened you up to that or well, maybe you brought uh, something back with you or anything like that? I, I think whenever doing the drugs and everything else and what have you, honestly think that me going out where I did doing the stuff I was doing kind of made me open up my sixth sense to stuff where I was kind of picking up things quicker than other people and stuff. Like be, I was being clairvoyant, intuition, whatever you want to call it. It was like, because I opened up myself doing all the stuff I had done before and I got myself clean just for the fact I have done before, I cut that switch on and I didn't know how to cut it off. Was it saying like I was psychic or not like that or whatever? I would just be able to pick up things quicker and everything else as opposed to like, oh, I'm getting a bad vibe here or whatever. Oh, is there somebody like looking at us or whatever else? Who does, who's that looking out the window? You know, things like that before other people would, you know, like pick up on it. Like, hey, you need to take a picture over here. Stuff like this. It, like, like I said, it's kind of hard to explain, but the best I could come off with is, like I said, doing the stuff I had done before. It, it wasn't like uh, I have, like, a pill problem or whatever. At that point, I, if any, whatever somebody would hand me, except for needles, I did everything under sun. I did acid. I've done shrooms. I've done all kinds of stuff. But I, like I said, I've done it. I had the experience, put that notch on my life belt, and was left alone. Just uh, so I could say later on, oh, yeah, I've done that before. I know how that is or whatever. Uh-huh. But doing all that stuff, like I said, I think it just, maybe it opened up my pineal gland where, like I said, I was more sensitive to it. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, yeah, like I said, with, I would go places and stuff, like go to cemeteries and everything, and like other people with me, they could record more, but I would go to some, be out with brand new batteries and stuff, be out there for maybe five minutes, and all of a sudden, everything I have on me cuts off. My flashlight, my camera, my phone, everything on me would all cut off at the same time. I was like, okay, all right, y'all, come on, I'm, I'm all my stuff's there, we're gonna go. And by the time we get back to the car, everything has full charge again. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, like I don't. It's hard, weird. I don't know how it sounds saying it, but it's like it. Was, it knew I was sensitive to things, so it's just, oh, hey, let's go talk to this guy or whatever. Let's try to manifest over here. But I don't know if anything ever had followed me. I never personally felt anything, but there's no way to say a hundred percent for a hundred percent sure. Yes, it did, or no, it didn't. There's a possibility at, at some point. Maybe I was somewhere something attached and follow me to help initially kick off everything that that is a possibility but to be completely honest i can't tell you 100 percent yes or no i honestly feel like i said when we first got there and it picked up off the kids energy and saw his twins and saw that i was kind of sensitive and stuff then it started like feeding off everything like initially like i would see the lights and I would see the orbs, and I'd be like, hey, Tara, do you see this, or whatever. First, she didn't see the orbs, and she started seeing the orbs. We'd both see the lights. Then we had friends and family see the lights and everything, and they would always seem to be around the kids and never hurt the kids. The kids 
when they were like one, two years old, we just learned to walk and talk. They would be in their room talking or whatever to somebody who's staring at the corner and everything else. And they were like, oh, that's our friend. Right. Okay. And, yeah. And it, it wasn't nothing, nothing bad. We never like, oh, my God, you need to get out of the room, whatever. So, oh, okay. We just figured, oh, that's your you know, imaginary friend or whatever. But they would always be talking to somebody in their room and stuff. And I felt like whatever was there was protecting them and just, you know, nothing's going to happen to the kids. At least that's what I hope to believe is, again, that shout thing never did anything to the kids. It wanted to break us all up. That's I got. Like I said, when we were fighting over the most asinine things and stuff, but being at each other's throats nonstop, 24-7, the moment we see each other, we were starting to yell and cuss and fight there for months. And it doesn't matter what about, whether it's something that happened to ourselves at work or just like, hey, you, what you do with my glasses? Why you got to hide my glasses or whatever else? And, oh, you took my last $20 or things like that. Just things that shouldn't have turned into a big deal would escalate very quickly. And then that's when, with the energy being in the house, that's when, like, we'd hear knocks slamming around, seeing things slide off the dresser and stuff like that. Yeah. It was probably trying to, it was probably trying to generate this negative energy and then feed enough yeah. it so it could move things around by the sounds of it. But yeah, I don't know. I hope someone, maybe someone who's listening can give some more insights. Cause I mean, I'm not an expert on these things, but me neither. You know. I mean, like I said, this is all the stuff that was occurring and everything else. I mean, I, it was like, I was trying to hit, I was hit the ground running, trying to piece everything together. Like, did I just see what I just saw? And like with the whole example with the cigarette of not staying the ashtray and everything. Like, first thing I was thinking, okay, is there a spider just knocked out the ashtray? If it would have, wouldn't it have just popped out, not just wiggle and everything? Wait a minute, let me take everything out of this ashtray. Let's try this again. Sit down. Watch it wiggle, 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 fly out the ashtray. What the hell? Stick it back in there. Wiggle, 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 fly into the ashtray. Wait a minute, put it back in there. And just the moment I stick it in there, it would constantly move like someone's taking it in with their finger and just wiggling it back and forth, like nonstop. And it just happened the entire time I smoked a cigarette. So about like 10 minutes during the entire time I smoked, I didn't care about what was going on TV at the point. I was just sitting Indian style in the living room with my ashtray, I mean, a foot away from me and just mesmerized by just seeing the cigarette would not be able to stay put. And I then that's imagine. whenever I... I can well, imagine I mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the house could have caught fire or whatever at this point. It's just like, uh-huh, that's, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Wait a minute. Why is this happening right now? And then later on, like I said, I found out that the father fell asleep smoking and stuff. I'm like, well, that makes sense. He sees me smoking. If he's here, he's probably wanting to get a cigarette. And that's one of the yeah, things yeah. I was asking. Well, I wonder if, it, if um, the, fi- the original fire with the father maybe... I wonder if that was actually not caused by, and it wasn't an accident. Maybe it was the the shadow it could that been. caused it. it maybe it was the same thing been. moving the moving the cigarette of yours. Could, could that have happened to him? Been. I mean, there's possible that the family was there, but it couldn't didn't have enough energy to ever like really manifest just being there, and the shadow was just taking forms of like me and different things just to give the appearance like, oh, it's a family with this and all that. They said, love to play games with us and everything. We could put something down, be the only one in the room, like go to get dressed or something, that turn around and the thing is completely on the other side of the room 
or it's in another room completely or whatever. There was like uh, for five months, I had lost uh, my wallet. I had sit on a couch and I completely flipped the couch over, took everything. I mean, like ransacked, like police raid, flipping out. Like this is the only money I have. Where is my wallet? Five months later, it appears just out of the blue. Like, here it is. Nobody, like, the kids didn't find it. Nobody else found it. Like, oh, there it was. Everything's still there. Whatever. Like, where the hell did it go? I know good and, I know good and damn well that there, this was not in this room. I gave up on it. I had bought another wallet, and you replaced my ID and everything else. Like, it just moved on. Then, bam, there's my original wallet right where initially I had it the very first time I went missing. Like, Weird. what? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds freaky. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, it's getting close to. Oh, it's, it's pretty much midnight here for me. So. Well, I, I think mean, I'm going to wrap this up. Soon. On is on, but <laughs> hopefully, right. yeah. So hopefully, you, get, or you should have enough to be able to work. And in the next couple weeks, all I mean, what I'm having to do is uh, get a stick drive with Windows 10. I just got my laptop working, so all I got to do is just get uh, another stick drive to get Windows 10 put on my old desktop. And I can pull out all the files I got with anything weird on it. I'll uh, put them in zip file or whatever and send them to you and everything else. Sort through whatever yeah. you need to sort through and everything. Use whatever you need to use. I mean, I have like, there's about t- nine and a half gigs total of all the pictures, including not just weird stuff, just for the kid, time the kids are just babies all the way up until right before we moved to South Carolina. So there's a lot I got to sort through, but there should be at least... 40, 50 good pictures I'll be able to send you. Well, well that would be amazing if, uh, if you could. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I definitely want to be able, like I said, everything I'll be able to share with you and everything else to help, you know, piece this together for everybody to enjoy and everything else and all that, I definitely want to be able to do this because it's been a long time coming and everything else. And like I said, I know you do good work and I, like you'll be able to make sense of all of this and put it out for everybody to make make whatever they want to make out of it. But like I said, the best I can do is like give you everything, let you do it all. I, I ain't trying to make it sound like I'm lazy or nothing like that. I'm just saying, <laughs> give you everything that you, you know, here's everything. No, no, yeah. It, you put it together. Yeah. No, I mean, you're giving, you're giving me them, you're giving me free content. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it'd be appreciated. Oh, yeah. Um, what I would do is, um, I'll upload this as a, like a podcast or, I don't That's know fine. what to call this podcast. And then um, if you send me some things over in the future, I'll upload yeah. them separately, maybe make a folder or you know something online or maybe make a video, and then I can link in the description of okay. this to uh, whatever you send If anybody me. has any questions or whatever, if you want to do like a follow-up and stuff, if like, people leave oh, questions yeah, comments, thing. I didn't ever hit the things I may have forgotten or didn't elaborate on enough. We can definitely do a follow up with the pictures, including everything else. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yeah, that'd be good. You know, I'm I'm doing my best right now to sit and give the the whole timeline. But I know, like I said, once I already put it out there and everything else, there'll be other parts that I may have messed up on, may have skipped or whatever else. But pretty much, you got about eighty nine percent of the entire thing right already off the rip. So, mm-hmm. like I said, there might be other stuff that I'm missing. Whatever. If anybody has any comments, questions, everything. I'll be more than glad to answer anything like, like they have to say yeah. or ask or anything like that. That's the thing I find about put, making these videos is you always get some 
something interesting in the comments, some kind of lead that, you know, like when I did that video about the the last one I uploaded about the um, the weird phone number, there was a, always oh, yeah. a lot of comments from people who were, you know, suggesting things that I hadn't thought of or, you know, who had maybe experienced it. And, you know, that's the thing about uploading the videos is you get a lot of feedback from people and, you know, a lot of stuff that you maybe wouldn't have considered firsthand. So, oh, yeah, you know, hopefully we'll I mean, get something like that. There's one other thing I want to say right. that this might sound like whatever, but <laughs> this also, no, I mean, this goes along with the story, but it also goes with something different. Now, where the county I stayed in, Transylvania County, I know, weird coincidence, two-thirds of the county is nothing but national forest. It's the Pisgah National Forest, and there's a, been over the years a lot of mysterious disappearances around in the national forest and stuff too. Where we stayed at was not far away from the entrance to the Blue Ridge Parkway. Now, I don't know if there's something from the uh, close in these woods or whatever, again, going with the shadow thing. I don't know if there's more entities or whatever else, dark history going from the national forest and stuff, but it is an interesting note to point out because it almost slipped my mind about mentioning this, but yeah, like I said, two thirds of the county where a state at is nothing but national forest owned by the government and everything else. And I nobody used allowed to build there and stuff, but over the past hundred years where there's been many, many weird disappearances and stuff. And a lot of these things have to do with waterfalls and stuff. There's 200 known waterfalls in this county alone. And there's just a lot of weird stuff that's already been there. Anyway, I don't know. Like I said, the more I delve into it, the weirder it gets. But with that shadow thing being pretty much right next door, other side of the fence of the National Forest, maybe there's other things that was out there. Maybe it wasn't necessarily a shadow thing. I don't know. But it is an interesting thing to make note of. I imagine, I also imagine the, at one point in the forest extended right up to where, like, where the apartment was. Yeah, I mean, pretty much when you look at a map on Google Maps of Transylvania County, is pretty much where everybody stays at is within five miles of a highway that stretches from uh, Toxaway County to Henderson County and along the southern border of the county right next door to South Carolina. And right above that, for about five or six counties, is the Blue Ridge Parkway, which extends to the Appalachian Trail that goes from Georgia all the way up to Maine. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just thousands, thousands of miles of unexplored, untouched wilderness and everything else. And there's all historically, there's been lots of many disappearances, lots of weird things that's always happened up there that people like they have their own little ghost stories and everything else up there. But it's just hearing and passing stuff. Like I said, all I can say is what's happened to me. But it is an interesting note that if there was, if this thing came from the forest, has something to do with the forest, it is worth note that. Whatever it is still lingers around in these woods to this day. I don't know how long it's been there. It may have been there for hundreds of years. It might have been there only for 30. I really don't know. But it it's, it feels old. It knows what it's doing. And it knows how to mess with people. That's all I can say. Right. Well, I think if it feels old, I think... You know, you should go with your gut on something like this. It probably... Yeah, I mean, the things it was doing... The thing, like I said, the things it was doing and knew... Like, it was trying to drive you crazy. It knew that if I mess with your head enough, 
get your state of fear enough, I can have you where I want you. And it wasn't just like, just focused on us. Like I said, it was jumping from apartment to apartment. Other people have their own experiences, but they were just kind of like, it would happen maybe once a month or once every few months. Us, it was a day-to-day basis. But like I said, it wanted to linger around this one hill, which is like a perfect cone chip. It may have been Indian burial mound. Like I said, if I was, you know, doing more research, it probably is an Indian burial mound because how perfectly round and pointed it is. It doesn't look like a natural hill. It very, very, very may well be an old Indian burial mound. And what, what's yeah. the hill called? Has it got a name? Well, the road on top of it is called Lollipop Lane, so I just call it Lollipop Hill. All right, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's no official name, but like I said, going when I've walked my kids up this hill a few times, picking blackberries and things like that. But at the very top, there's a road that winds kind of spiral down. It's called Lollipop Lane. And originally, they were just going to build something there, but nothing ever got built. So at the very top of this place is about an area about half the size of a football field, just perfectly flat, clear. And you can see for miles in any direction because, again, we're right in the middle of uh, Blue Ridge Mountain. So you can see all around you and everything else. But it's kind of like a little isolated hill. But the woods continue to go further further up until you like I said you get into the national forest. This is kinda of like the tail end like where it skirts around to the city and everything else. But right there at the edge there's the Indian burial mound. So this is uh oh, Lollipop Lane, um mm-hmm. Brevard. Is it Brevard County? Is it's Transylvania right? County. Brevard is the name of the city. Right, okay. Brevard City. Yeah, Brevard Brevard is the name of the city, Transylvania County. Is where it's at, and it's right above Pickens County and South uh, Pickens County, South Carolina. Then right above that is Transylvania County. It's okay. right at yes, yeah, right next door to South Carolina, but it's right, right in the mountains in North Carolina. Right. Okay. Well, hopefully, so I'm listening. Might have some more information on the area. You never know. Yeah. Uh huh. I hope so. If anybody knows anything, but please, by all means, help elaborate. So. You know, I can personally get some answers and everything else. And, yeah, there's been, I mean, this has been a part of my life since I was 18 and I'm 33 now. And I've still got unanswered questions about all this, what's happened and stuff. And I've been trying to piece together over the years what, you know, what all this was, why did it necessarily have to happen to my family and everything, why, all just who, what, when, where, why, all these questions that on occasion you might get answered, but, I might never get all the answers from it and everything. Like, do I ever want to experience paranormal stuff again? I wouldn't mind it. it I mean, it, it didn't necessarily hurt me per se until near the end, but that's why I think Shadow Thing got involved. I don't have any qualms about going to haunted places and stuff like that. I find it interesting. I mean, I go to church myself and everything. I've, I've gotten to where I'm religious now and everything. I don't... I don't do any seances. I don't do any witchcraft. I don't do anything along any of those lines where I feel like I want to invite negative energy in my life. But again, if you happen to be like, oh, well, I live near Loch Ness. Oh, I'm going to go see if I can take a picture of Nessie. You know, I'm going to go out there to the dock and try to see if I can take a picture of Nessie. It's just there. You know what I'm saying? All right. right. So um, what about, I, I know people can leave comments, but what if they wanted to contact you? Personally, would I be able to put a some con like an email or something in yeah, the sure. description uh, for someone put, to contact you? My email, 
Yeah, my email is obeseclown, O-B-E-S-E-C-L-O-W-N at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Um, I might not necessarily be able to respond right off the rip, but within at least a day or whatever, I'll do my best. To, if anybody wants to email me or whatever, if they want to ask any questions or leave any comments or tell me anything, that's fine. Any, uh, any like ridiculous comments or whatever, obviously I'm just going to ignore or whatever, but anybody's <laughs> truly interested in this stuff. I, yeah. I mean, I, you might get like some anybody, of that. It's the internet. <laughs> well, I mean, if anybody wants to be like, "Oh no, that's all fake. You're just pulling out of your butt or whatever," yeah, I'm not, and I got, I don't have time for it. But if anybody legit has it, you know, a real interest in it and want to know more about it, that I didn't initially elaborate now. By all means, I, I I love talking about this kind of thing and what happened. You know, best I can explain it and stuff. I mean, you have to excuse my accent, <laughs> everything, because I am from the south. But I like I don't mind. I ain't got no problems on answering any questions and stuff. And again, mm-hmm. if anybody's got any, you know, can help elaborate and, you know, explain this, not the other, or whatever, maybe at some point I did something or whatever unintentionally that invited stuff or whatever else, anything, any answers, whatever, I'm more than glad to, like, you know, welcome all of it. Yeah, cool. All right, well, I think I'm going to wrap it up here because uh, unless there's anything else to add, because um, it's getting late for me, I'm going to be up early. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. So. That's fine, yeah. I'm, like I said, it, it's, it is what it is. I'm just very glad that we're able to do this. I mean, personally, it's been years in the making. I'm just, I'm very excited and so thankful. I want to thank you again for taking time to, you know, uh, set up this interview and everything. Oh, well, thank, thanks story. for coming on. I mean, like, you know, you've put, set aside time to... To talk to oh, I mean, like I said, I've been I've been looking forward to this for a long while and stuff. Yeah. I made had to pull a few strings and everything, all this to be able to make sure I had time to get this done. But I, like I said, I want to thank you that you know we we were able to make this work and I could be able to share my story. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I hope this I hope it's all recorded properly. I think it has, but <laughs> imagine if it. Well, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll um, I'll get the recording up hopefully by the end of this week. But, uh, okay, sounds good. Uh, um, so yeah, I really appreciate you taking your time out to talk to me and share your story. And uh, of course, I, like I, I, said, I find you your story fascinating. Listen to me ramble uh, on and everything uh, else. Well, I hope uh, people. I think people have enjoyed it. So um, yeah, yeah. Thank all of y'all that took the time to uh, listen to my story mm-hmm. and everything. And like I, like I was telling him that everything I've done told you as fantastical and as crazy as it sounds is a hundred percent real 100 percent happened and i mean it might sound whatever to you but again all i can say is this happened to me this is my story make of it what you will if you think i'm telling you the truth awesome if you think i'm making it up that's fine too but just please don't send no hateful comments where my you know whatever i don't yeah that's all i gotta say <laughs> all right well, um, yeah, if that's it, I'm going to end it here. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I hope something comes of this. Should be good. Awesome. Should be a good a good video. All right. Awesome, awesome. All right, man. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Have a good day. You too. Bye.